Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, awesomes. Well, lots of us have been deeply impacted by the closing of schools all across the country as students have transitioned out of their regular in-school classrooms and are starting to do their schoolwork at home at their kitchen tables. Something called the homework gap is becoming more and more evident all across the country. Now, our friends at the Kids in Need Foundation are continuing to serve students nationwide, and they are extending that effort in partnership with BIC with the Post for Pencils campaign. The way it works is super simple. For each post on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and TikTok that includes the hashtag Post for Pencils, BIC is going to donate 20 pencils to underserved students through the Kids in Need Foundation. For more details about how you can support the Post for Pencils campaign, stay tuned to hear more later in today's episode. Hey everyone, I'm Meg Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. Hello and welcome back, Awesomes. You are listening to the show that is all about helping you be smart, strong, and social. We are in your earbuds every single week with all the awesome that you need to know. And you can find us on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show or over on Facebook in our Sorta Awesome Hangout group. This is episode 240 of Sorta Awesome. And like I mentioned last week, I just really want to say this to the Awesomes again. You guys, if you have not joined us on social media, we really, really want you to connect with us somewhere, whether on Facebook or on Instagram, because right now we are all coming together as an awesome community in so many incredible ways. On Instagram, we have been sharing more in Instagram lives and in Instagram stories. And on Facebook, in our hangout group, we have spent so much time each week sharing with each other ideas about like what to watch during this time of quarantine, what to read, and also what to cook. What is everybody eating right now? Those threads have become so popular in the Hangout group with everybody just sharing their best ideas on how to make the best of the time that we have right now. I have been so encouraged and so inspired by our awesome community, and I really, really want you to be part of it. So I know I just gave you the social media handles. I know I tell you every week where you can find us, but I really want you to know that this is a time, if you haven't connected with us on social media, if you just listen to the podcast every week, which thank you, we're so glad that you do. But this is a really great time to actually connect with the awesome community and social media is a great way to do that. Don't forget, we also have a brand new spinoff group for everybody who is trying to figure out What does schooling at home look like right now? And that is the Suddenly Awesome Homeschooling Group. I will put a link in the show notes again this week for you guys to check that out. But it's been a huge, huge help. So please come join us over there. We have veteran homeschooling moms who have done all kinds of different ways of homeschooling. We have brand new to schooling at home moms in there. And we'd love to have you join us at Suddenly Awesome Homeschooling. So I'll put links in the show notes for all of this, but yeah, come over, join us in the awesome community as a way to get through the new normal that we're finding ourselves in right now. Okay. Like I said, this is episode 240. I am so thrilled to be joined this week by my two dear friends, my two longtime co-hosts who are here. We are going to have a discussion all together this week. First of all, my dear friend, Rebecca Hoffer of simplyrebecca.com. Rebecca, how you doing? 
Hi, I'm good. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like you're a brand new guest for yeah. the show. <laughs> First time here. I'm so excited. <laughs> this is what happens when extroverts are all trapped in their houses. We're like, hi, we are. there's people on Thank the you. screen. Thank you yes, for I'm so excited. Me. I'm so happy I'm here. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> it's so true. A full 16 minutes after we like started our Skype call, we had to get our chit chat in so we could actually push record. So Rebecca, I have to report to everyone that you look amazing. Your hair looks great. So. Thank you. Straight from the shower today. First day hair. <laughs> It's kind of one of those times of life where it's like, well, what else are you going to do? I guess I'll fix my hair and do my makeup. (laughs) Like, I'm going to see some other people today. This is amazing. Exactly. Exactly. And also joining us today is everyone's favorite big sister and my longtime dear friend, Kelly Gordon. Hello, Kelly. How are you? Hey, Meg. I'm really good, too. I am so happy to be here, not only to see the two of you, but also to bring some new content for the awesomes, because if there was ever a time we needed each other, it is now. It absolutely is now. And we've really been trying to really convey to you guys that we want to be in this together. We are in this together. So hello, it is Good Friday. If you're listening to this on the Friday, this episode drops. Maybe you're listening to it in this general time frame. It is Passover for our Jewish awesomes. It is a special and holy and sacred time of the calendar, although all of us are finding ourselves having to figure out new ways to celebrate our faith traditions this year. In the past on Sorta Awesome, we kind of fell into a rhythm of doing some more spiritually minded episodes on Good Friday. And so I'm going to put a link in the show notes for those. If you're a brand new awesome or if you're new to the awesome community, maybe you haven't heard those and maybe you're in the mood for something a little bit more spiritual this week and weekend whenever you're listening to Sorta Awesome. We have had some really powerful and meaningful conversations in the past on our Good Friday episodes. This year's Good Friday episode is just going to be a little bit more timely. We're going to dig into processing how we are all coping right now, but I will definitely have links in the show notes for past episodes. So yeah, so like I said, we're going to be just kind of talking through what quarantine life has looked like for each of our families, kind of one of those what we thought it was going to look like, what it actually looks like, some things that we are, some ways we're adjusting our expectations and basically how we're coping right now. We're going to get to all of that here in just a few minutes. But of course, we do want to start this show the way we always do with our Awesomes of the Week. It's that moment in the show where we stop to talk about the books or TV shows, movies, the podcasts, the products, whatever it is that's making life a little more awesome or maybe a lot more awesome right now because Heaven knows we need all the awesome that we can get. Rebecca, let's start with you. What do you have for Awesome of the Week this week? Well, my Awesome of the Week is the true crime Netflix docuseries, Tiger King. Oh my goodness. I wondered if someone was going to talk about this. (laughs) Here we go. Well, I debated a lot because it doesn't quite seem appropriate for a Good Friday show, but it certainly is timely. (laughs) So here we go. It is timely. Everybody's talking about Rebecca and I haven't watched it. Have you watched it, Meg? I have seen bits and pieces. I have not watched the whole thing all the way through, though. You are here to educate us. If people have watched it, I'm sure they want to hear your thoughts. And if they haven't, they're like, okay, really, what's going on? Okay, well, let me break it all down for you. You are absolutely right that everybody is talking about this. It was released on March 20th. It's a Netflix original. And in fact, Netflix released a new feature at the very end of February to highlight their top 10 programs on the platform. And Tiger King has been in that number one spot for at least the last two weeks. So truly, it is the most popular thing on Netflix right now. So but what is the show about? Well, it follows the life of a private zoo owner who goes by the name of Joe Exotic. And his sworn enemy, Carol Baskin, an animal rights activist. (laughs) (laughs) You're you're already laughing. I'm already laughing. That's a great way to describe it. So his sworn enemy, Carol Baskin, who is an animal rights activist and owns a rescue center for big cats. Now, Joe has built an empire on owning large cats, tigers and lions and other exotic animals that are at his zoo in Oklahoma. His biggest moneymaker is breeding tigers so he can sell these cuddle sessions with baby tiger cubs. People just swarm into the zoo for a chance to get face to face with these adorable little tiger cubs. But then Carol's position is that tiger cub breeding is cruel 
Tigers grow really quickly and can only be used for big profit for a few short weeks before they become a liability and a really huge expense, which is why she formed the organization Big Cat Rescue in Florida. Now, although her rescue center is fairly similar to a zoo and that people can pay money to visit, she doesn't do any breeding and basically is providing a place for tigers to come, live, and die. Now, right away, we learn that Joe is in jail for hiring somebody to murder Carol Baskin. Yep. <laughs> That's not even a spoiler. No. That's like the igniting action. Right. <laughs> That's the first four yeah, minutes. Yeah. So in the rest of the seven episode series, we follow the lives of Joe and Carol to see how Joe got to the point of trying to get Carol killed. Now, right away, I would like to point out there are several parts of the series that awesomes may not love. First, there is a ton of bad language. Second, the entire show is built around the idea of large cats, tigers, lions, being owned privately and the cruelty that's in that. And I've seen many people say that they have tried to watch the show, but seeing animals in small cages was just too much for them and their sensitivities, and they just could not watch. And honestly, <laughs> this is just two of the problematic issues that people may have with the show. But here is why I enjoyed it and why I'm making it my awesome of the week. Guys, this show is crazy. <laughs> Bananas with a capital B. You think it is about the debate of animal rights and if people should be able to own tigers or not. But very quickly, you realize that this show is really about the incredible cast of characters. And I mean incredible. Just when you think they have found every eccentric person who is part of the story, and every possible twist. There is another one. <laughs> and during a time when we're looking for ways to escape, this show easily provides one. It's so captivating. It's just what I needed right now. Also, I will say that the production and the storytelling of the timelines, and I say storytelling, but this is true crime. This is real life. This is a docu-series. This is not fiction. The production is amazing. The storytelling is amazing. The key here is that Joe Exotic is really into himself, okay? So not only does he own this private zoo, but he also does like a nightly internet show. And so there's all this footage of him for his nightly internet show. And on top of that, he has a reality TV producer who he has hired to follow him around with the intention of building a whole reality TV series around him. So there is just hours and hours and hours of footage of Joe and his crazy self at this zoo. So where a lot of documentaries and docuseries, they have a lot of like retelling of things in interview forms, which certainly happens in this show as well. There's also a lot that we are able to see actually play out almost like in real time with all the footage that there is. <laughs> so, mm, yep. I would highly encourage you to watch it with someone else. Make this a social event for you because you're going to want to talk about it. Trust me. Recruit your spouse or your siblings. Do a virtual watch along with some friends. If you're craving something else to think about and talk about, this will do it for you. It certainly will. Absolutely. I mean, everyone is talking about it right now and has been for a few weeks. So even if you just want to watch, like I did, I just watched bits and pieces of it. The thing about it is, is a lot of it's filmed in Oklahoma. And so it's a little bit like, I just want to be like, hashtag not all Oklahoma. <laughs> Actually, okay, I have to say this. I listened to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me's episode for this week. And they talked about Tiger King and they were like, this is the show that everybody is watching because it helps us in captivity. Remember, we don't really want to be around people <laughs> because they're crazy. Uh, uh, yes. And the person who was talking about it, Alonzo Bowden, is a black man. And he said, you know how like people of color watch movies and we're like, we're not all like that. He's like, it was so refreshing to be like, there are no black people in this absolutely crazy, insane movie. That's all y'all. Uh, yeah. All y'all. Yeah. So, yeah. yes, not all Oklahomans. I think there's a lot of people who, especially you, Meg, I get that. Like the sensitivity <laughs> of like, oh, this is just so close to home. So cute. It's literally so close to home in that the main part of the action takes place in a little small town that's about 30 or 45 minutes from 
my hometown from Laura Tremaine's hometown. So it feels literally close to home. But okay, so I didn't want to watch the whole series, but I did watch bits and pieces because it's such a cultural zeitgeist that I wanted to at least be able to understand the memes and the characters and what was going on. So I did like a highlights for myself of it. Oh my goodness. There's a lot to unpack there. (laughs) It really is. Okay. It's insanity. It is. It is. So Tiger King is Rebecca's Awesome of the Week. Kelly, how about you? What do you have for us? I have something that you could also do online with people you love. So actually, I haven't used the whole Netflix Watch with Friends feature. Have you guys used that? No, I haven't. Like it's a program that you can use to like, you know, start it at the same time and be able to chat with them. So this is something kind of similar, but it's a game. And I've really seen some awesomes mention it, but I want to make it my Awesome of the Week because I don't think it's gotten the attention that it deserves in this moment. And it's Jackbox TV. This is a website that actually was started back in the 90s, you guys. You would have to be of a certain age to remember there used to be a game that was on a CD-ROM that you could play on your computer called You Don't Know Jack. And it was a trivia game, very irreverent, where the voice in the computer would ask you, you could play up to four friends all gathered around your little desktop, and you would answer your answers, and he made fun of you, and you like couldn't get the answers right. It was like a fun little party game. You could only play with so many people, but lots of times we would have a group of 20 people sitting in the room and just laughing at all of his insults. It was a fun game to play. So that company has evolved and they are now Jackbox TV. They are online. This is a game company that you can play with friends up to eight people at a time and you don't have to be in the same room together. That's the key. We played it on a vacation with our oldest kids who had played it and they were more familiar with it. What we did with them, since we all were in the same room, the easiest way to do it is just to use somebody's desktop. You can also do this on if you have a gaming device, you can log in that way. There's all sorts of ways to access Jackbox TV and pull log in and pull up one of the games. Some of the games do cost money. You can buy a pack. They're like 20 bucks, you guys. Not a big deal for all the enjoyment you're going to get out of it. So you pull up a game and then everybody who's going to play needs their own personal device. So like a phone, most likely, you know, an iPad, something like that. And then they go to Jackbox TV, enter the code that is on the main computer, the main screen, to get access into this game room, and you're all going to play a game together. And that's just where the fun begins. So some of the games I had looked up because I want to do this with all of my kids. We've played a couple of times here at our home with some of my teenagers, like best friends in their home. So for example, my son's friend, Isaac, he was at his house 20 minutes away. He's actually not feeling that great. So he's kind of quarantined in his room even right now. So he pulled up on his computer, Jackbox, he put on his phone, the same device. We're all here. Everybody's in different places in the house. And we were howling laughing. Like it was so much fun. They do have some games that are more, I don't want to say adult because it's not that bad, but it's just going to be so irreverent. And maybe the humor is a little off color that maybe you're not going to want to play with your younger kids. So I looked up and found somebody who was recommending mostly family friendly sort of games. So one of them, which I do believe Jackbox is offering for free for this month, because of quarantine, is called Drawful 2. It's like a drawing game, kind of pictionary is. So this is how it works. Once everybody's in the room, you're given a weird prompt that's purposely difficult to draw, like smelly CEO or annoying voice. And you have to draw it on your phone with your finger. And then they put your drawing up and the other players have to guess what it is. Sometimes from titles that you've put in, sometimes from titles that they've put in, the game has put in. And they're trying to guess who it's supposed to be bad. And so people earn points for fooling people into guessing which is theirs. Uh-huh. That's one idea. Does this make sense? Yes. I get it. Yeah, that sounds so fun. I can see how it would devolve into hilarity very quickly. Yes. It's so fun. It's so different. I think you could do it with upper elementary school on up. The best thing I think is that you could do it with people who are not in the same building with you, right? This is for your teenagers, you guys. If they are like, I can't do anything with my friends. I miss my friends. Everybody can play this game. You can get up to eight people. You can even have more people that are watching that are voting. So they might not be able to play, but sometimes they can play multiplayer games. And again, all you need is a computer. If you want to be able to talk to each other, you know, you can use Skype, Zoom, any sort of a way so that you can all see each other. You can laugh at each other, watch your facial expressions, and you can do it on almost any gaming device, any sort of computer. It's very, very accessible. So Jackbox TV, 
look for that. And we're going to have to start a thread because like I said, I have seen some awesomes mention it and talk about what the best schemes are. Yes, totally. That sounds so fun, so interactive and just something that you can really connect with people while you're having fun. I love that. We will definitely put a link in the show notes and figure out which of the awesomes are playing already. So that's so great. Okay, my awesome of the week this week is an awesome created playlist that I have absolutely been loving. This playlist on Spotify was created by our awesome Shell. Shell is a longtime enthusiastic awesome, and she is really kind of our reigning queen of playlists. Like, I like to think that I'm pretty decent at putting together a good playlist, but Shell's playlists are always, they blow mine out of the water, and I will totally admit that. She has made one specifically for us as we are weathering, well, the ups and downs, the roller coaster that quarantine life is. She named the playlist Invincible Warrior Goddess. Whoa, I like that. So yeah, that totally sets the mood for it. It has everything from I Will Survive on there, We Are Family by Sister Sledge, all the way to current songs by Lizzo. Of course, Destiny's Child Survivor is on there. It is such a mood playlist to remind us all to tap into our inner resiliency, to remind us that we are capable, that we are going to make it through the things that we are encountering right now. I mean, we've got Kelly Clarkson Stronger on there. There's just like every single song. I said this in the Hangout when she shared it, that she's really outdone herself this time. But this is like the pinnacle playlist that is going to get you in the right mindset every morning or if you need a kitchen dance party break. Whatever, whatever it is that you need some musical soundtrack for right now, Invincible Warrior Goddess playlist from Shell on Spotify has it for you. So I will put a link in the show notes. You guys can go check it out. I know that it will become your favorite playlist during this time. It totally has become mine. And all of the awesomes who saw it in the Hangout group are like, oh my goodness, this is speaking to my soul. This is ministry of Spotify right now. People are loving it. So public thank you to Shell for creating it. It's such a great playlist and totally free as well to access on Spotify. And I bet we can get new songs there to wash our hands to. Yeah, there we you go. Know? I saw in National Public Radio, they have put in the women's bathroom a laminated copy of Lizzo Truth Hurts. They're like saying, if you're tired of happy birthday, so we could just get a new song, maybe a weekly new song from Shell's playlist, a new wash your hand song. I love it. It will totally work and keep you safe and sanitary as well. <laughs> Okay, you guys, those are our awesomes of the week this week. We all know that we need awesome in our lives more than ever. So every single week, we are still doing our awesome of the week feature on our social media. Of course, you can come find us on Instagram. The awesomes of Instagram are always showing up with their awesome of the week every Friday morning. And of course, we have this in our awesome uh, hangout group over on Facebook, where we have our weekly Friday morning thread where everybody shares what's awesome in their lives. If ever there was a time that to, even if you're feeling the pain and the struggle of this moment in time, and you don't have anything to contribute to the Awesome of the Week thread, I highly encourage you to read through what people are sharing. It's such a great reminder that life is going on and that people are still able to find good spots and good things that are really speaking to them in the midst of all of this. So you can do that when you find us over on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash sorta awesome hangout. Hey, awesome. So I am so excited that we are once again partnering with the Kids in Need Foundation. You guys probably remember that their mission is to ensure that every child is prepared to learn and succeed in the classroom by providing free school supplies nationally to the students that are most in need. And because the Kids in Need Foundation works so closely with teachers throughout every school year, they know from their conversations and surveys of teachers that the pencil the lowly, humble pencil is often the most requested item. In fact, recently through an annual questionnaire and a COVID-19 focused inquiry of over 20,000 teachers nationwide, the results stayed the same. Pencils are still the number one sought after item. I know many of us are feeling so helpless in the midst of the fallout from this global quarantine. Many of us are left wondering what we can do to help. This Post for Pencils campaign could not be simpler. Again, for every post on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and TikTok that includes hashtag Post for Pencils, 
Bic is going to donate 20 pencils to underserved students through the Kids in Need Foundation. The goal is to get together 50,000 posts to secure 1 million pencils for kids who really need them to be able to continue their learning from home through the end of this school year. You can find more information at kinf.org slash post for pencils. And again, all you have to do is post on social media and include the hashtag post for pencils. Okay, friends. So as we thought about what to share with you all this week, we've really been trying to find this delicate balance for you guys because we want to keep on creating the same types of episodes that you know and love from Sorta Awesome. We want to be here every week showing and sharing with you guys what is awesome in life, how we can find ways to cope. But we also are working in the reality of the fact that life is super, super, super not great for millions of people, for the entire globe, really, as people are either dealing with the realities of COVID disease itself, or even if that disease is not impacting them directly personally, they're dealing with the fallout from quarantine, from the financial fallout from the situation that we're in. We've really been trying to strike the right balance for you. We don't want to just be like, put our fingers in our ears and be like, la, 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 everything's fine because we don't want to, you know, be offensive in that way or not meet you where you are. But at the same time, we know that everybody is inundated with headlines and news and trying to parse through and figure out what we even think and what we're doing, what we're practicing, all of these things. It can be very overwhelming. So we thought, let's take a moment. Let's just take a beat this week, the three of us and kind of process together through what life is looking like for us. We want to talk about what we thought this quarantine life was going to look like for us. I have to tell you guys that I found a HuffPost article that's called, Please Don't Be Guilted Into Being More Productive During the Coronavirus. And they were like capturing a couple of tweets that maybe have, well, maybe set a mindset in our culture that, hey, you guys, everybody, we have all this time at home. This is like super opportunity to be productive. Like the Washington Post had tweeted back in the middle of March. Their tweet was, during a pandemic, Isaac Newton had to work from home too. He used the time wisely. And there's like a write-up of what he did. Yeah. When he I was <laughs> under quarantine. Like he discovered gravity practically, you know, like right? that's what he did. When he was sheltering from the Black Plague, uh-huh. what are you doing? Exactly. Oh, I hate that. I hate that so much. <laughs> well, you'll also hate this, then. Roseanne Cash had tweeted just, and again, this was mid-March. So this was at the outset. I will give grace to everyone, but this was at the outset of the actual quarantine as it came down. But Roseanne Cash had tweeted, just a reminder that when Shakespeare was quarantined because of the plague, he wrote King Lear. You know, like one of the greatest tragedies of the Shakespearean canon. So in our culture... The reality is, first of all, we have a strong hustle culture. We have a strong productivity culture. And so we started to kind of, you know, I think to assign positive intent, I think that people were trying to kind of bolster each other like, hey, look at the bright side. Yeah, you can't leave the house, but maybe you can get some things done. So I think a lot of us internalized that message. We started to look around our house and be like, well, shoot. I mean, I've got a list of things I need to get done. And gosh, I've always kind of wondered what homeschooling would be like. So, well, now I get to try it. And here we are a few weeks in the initial adrenaline of the changes that were happening, the initial like, oh my gosh, everything's crazy. Everything's turned upside down. Let's eat donuts every single day. Hugely self-comforting things that we might've taken up. That's starting to kind of wear off. And the reality, like we've been living under quarantine for weeks now, and we don't know how much longer this is going to last. I think that the sort of reality is setting in and people are like, I haven't gotten anything done. <laughs> We've been living like this for weeks. I haven't read a book. I haven't done my laundry. I haven't cleaned my house. What's wrong with me? And we want to kind of talk through that and let you know, first of all, if you haven't read a book or cleaned your house or reorganized your closet or done your taxes or whatever, you're not alone. And we want to just share with you guys where we are in this moment. So Rebecca, I want to start with you. At the outset, and again, you and I, we just talked about personality-wise as extroverts and specifically our different Myers-Briggs types, some of the struggles that we're facing right now. So you've shared a little bit, but at the outset of the quarantines that were starting to come down, did you have like some ideas about what life might look like at the very beginning? 
to just give a little update from last week, you know, my kids are home. They're going to be home at least through April. I expect it's probably going to be extended, but at this point, it's at least through April. My husband is continuing to work from home. I'm obviously home. And I, at one point, when all of this was like just starting to develop and become a thing, at one point, I had this misconception that being under quarantine in my house would only be the result of me like knowingly being in contact with somebody who is infected or us like actually developing symptoms. And I thought, oh, okay, well, like if we develop symptoms or if we're with somebody and they have developed symptoms, then we have to like stay home all the time. I know they're closing schools, but our quarantine would be like for two two weeks. Like I remember thinking, okay, this is going to be like two weeks if we're sick or if we encounter somebody who has gotten sick. Yeah, well, that's not at all the case. And I quickly realized that that wasn't the case. But I think for me, something that was just so unexpected was just how long this was going to be. And I think that's been unexpected for maybe a lot of us. We really have no idea how long this is going to continue to be, unfortunately. And I also didn't realize, this is something that we had touched on last week, Meg, but the emotional weight of it all that was going to be on me. And Kelly and Meg, you guys did that excellent episode about invisible labor. And that's where I had learned the term about emotional labor and carrying the emotional load for others. I do a lot of that. And that has really been cranked up a notch here during quarantine. I'm just zapped. I'm just completely and utterly zapped. So I have found that there are times when I'm having a good day. There was one recently where I was very motivated. I got some work things done. Since recording that episode with you, Meg, I found that my energy does certainly go up when I'm doing things that absolutely do not have anything to do with the coronavirus. When I'm having conversations that are about something else, I can like feel it in my body that I am responding in a more positive way and my energy level goes up. But then like the next day, I was literally sobbing in the bathtub. (laughs) Mm, Yeah. And I think that's part of my new normal of this being a roller coaster of emotions and going up and down where even one hour you're feeling really good, but then the next you're not. That's just where I'm at. I totally relate to that roller coaster and to having all of the feelings all in the same day of waking up and being like, okay, yeah, we got another day of this. We can do this. It's not so bad. And then by 10 o'clock, I'm literally like trying to hide in the bathroom or my room and just crying because of the sense of like, things aren't supposed to be this way. This is not what spring of 2020 was supposed to look like. This is not what this semester was supposed to look like. Dealing with the grief of that, of the loss of what the plans were for this time. Daisy was supposed to go on this big magical trip to New York City this month to go play on the Carnegie Hall stage and had worked so hard to raise all of this money to go. And I'm secondarily grieving that as she's grieving that loss of expectation. So anyway, I totally agree with Rebecca that if you are finding yourself on a daily roller coaster, please know you are not alone in that. Kelly, what does it look like from you from the outset? Because you have been navigating, okay, I have a full-time job in the news industry and I also have a family and now I'm trying to figure out what schooling from homes looks like. And my husband is, you know, figuring out what this looks like for his organization. Like what was your expectation in the outset? And then what has the reality been for you? Well, it's interesting because I think because I've been in news, I've been doing stories. We did a whole show on the coronavirus back at the end of January. I think around the time the first case was publicly diagnosed in Seattle. So, but, you know, like following the news, watching everything that had happened in Wuhan from the beginning. But, you know, we've had other coronaviruses like SARS and MERS that have come to the U.S. at times, and they never seemed H1N1 to materialize into what they could have been. Even back then, people were saying, this could be a pandemic, and then it just went and kind of fizzled, right? So in that sense, I don't think any of us were looking at it as warily as if we had to do it again, we would be more on guard. So it's certainly been something I've been aware of, but as it's come to the U.S. and the measures were starting to be taken in kind of early March, we were just all stunned. 
we couldn't believe it. Plus, we had somebody in our newsroom who had gone to a conference and then came home and found out that there had been somebody with COVID at that conference. So then those people went to be isolated. Our building basically got quarantined. We have about 400 people in our building. They're not all NPR News where I work, but the people for American public media and all the different sources there. So everybody had to leave the building for the most part. We're in like a nuclear meltdown sort of situation. We are running a radio station from home. We have like three people get to go into the studios every day, but we're in different studios. Like you can't do this. What can you do at home? We're trying to do everything. So I've told some people, and this is where I don't even know that I had expectations for what it would look like to go into quarantine and what it would be to go you know, at home. My kids, the first few weeks were on spring break. And then had a week where the teachers were setting up the digital learning. So they didn't have any schoolwork for those weeks. So I thought, well, I'm working from home. We're just going to do the best we can. The kids don't have any responsibilities. How hard can it be? And the answer is pretty darn hard. Because what I determined is that because of my job being in news, and this is the biggest story of possibly the decade, and my husband working at a nonprofit for teachers in disadvantaged school districts who are suddenly like, oh, my word, we need supplies more than ever to get to our students who can't do their work because they don't literally have paper in their house. So how do we get this out to our kids? We are now doing twice the work with half the resources. So we're trying to do it all from home with everybody not in the office and just problem solving. So that first week when my kids weren't even in class, I realized that I literally woke up and ran to my computer and tried to put out fires and deal with everything at work. And I was on my computer until like 11 at night before I would fall into bed and I would do it again. So I hit the end of that first week, just flat out exhausted. Like I hadn't even had time to think about the emotional because I'm just, <laughs> you're just trying to get the information and who would the, I'm talking to an epidemiologist while I'm trying to be like, don't fight with them. No, go outside. <laughs> you know, you're doing that sort of a thing. Yes. It has just been a lot. So I think that was when it hit me was, okay, this is more than what I thought, which is often the case, right? And it's good, I think, for so many of us to grieve because that's really what we're dealing with, the expectations of what we thought, A, life would be this spring, or even, honestly, you guys, the rest of the year. I'm sure it will depend on your region and how bad the outbreak is and how well people are social distancing right now. It's going to get very regional, I think, what type of distancing is going to be in place. And probably they're going to say, well, we're going to loosen it a little bit. And then when the cases get back, they're going to be like, everybody back inside. Nobody's seen anybody. This is going to be our life. So also coming to that realization that this you know, Maggie used the term yesterday, mania, when we were discussing the show, like the beginning of this has felt a little manic to me. And then saying, oh, but this is the long haul. This is not a two week or even an April quarantine and then life goes back to normal. This is going to be big and there's a lot to grieve and we're just going to have to be gentle with ourselves. So that's why I was thinking, I totally 100% understand the idea of a silver lining. I can reframe like a boss. Yes. Enneagram type seven. <laughs> Enneagram seven. ENFP, like all the things. And like, if I was, I know this isn't a thing, but like, I'm like a seven with a three wing. Productivity <laughs> is what gives me my meaning. It is my juice. It is my drug. So my way of dealing with everything in life is to be like, make a list, get stuff done. Mm -hmm. Like that makes me feel better, right? That's basic control. <laughs> it's psychology. I get the idea to say, let's use this time. Let's maximize this. Let's find the silver lining. Let's all of that. But the more I have thought about A, I also read an article that said that discomfort you're feeling is grief. That we need to stop and acknowledge that we have lost a lot. And we're going to continue to lose a lot. And then B, we do really have to rethink and buckle down for the long haul here because it's not a short-term thing. So what does it mean? Like we really have to put in some practices to sustain. And I thought that was really good. I read an article, but it was really written for a higher education article. So she was talking to educators and colleges about how to do this. But this was the line. It was this whole idea. It's like why you should ignore the coronavirus inspired productivity pressure. She said this, understand that this is a marathon. If you sprint at the beginning, you will vomit on your shoes by the end of the month. Ah, yes, that feels accurate. And I was like, whoa, that is so true. That's where we are. I'm seeing a lot of chatter in the Hangout. And I get it 100% from people saying, how are you guys getting a break? How are you being productive? And that sort of a thing. And I feel like I'm asking the same questions too. I also think that it's possible that we're not going to get a break. 
this is going to be harder than what most of us have experienced, which is amazing. We have a lot of privilege to live in America where we have families and we have people to come and clean our house and we have these jobs and we have whatever food we want at any time. And we have all of these options to entertain us and our children and all of these things. And we might be in for a season here. This is sobering for an ENFP seven, where a lot of those options are just gone. We can grieve that for sure. But maybe we should just take some of the pressure off and feel like we're not like what happens if we don't get a break, that this is just kind of the way it is for a while. Not to say that we can't still live our lives, that we can't have hope. You know, I'm not trying to paint a dismal picture. I don't have that in my DNA. But how do we help each other to kind of like grieve, take a deep breath and reevaluate? I don't know. I don't know. I don't have any answers. These are just things that I'm thinking about. Hey, awesomes. So when it's time to make a new hire, I know that finding the right person for your company can be challenging. This is especially true in a small business where every employee truly impacts the organization as a whole. So when you're ready for that next hire, LinkedIn can help. LinkedIn jobs matches your role with qualified candidates so you can find the right person quickly. One of the things that always impresses me the most about the LinkedIn jobs platform is that it's so easy to use. It's so intuitive and it's absolutely focused on matching your business to the candidate. That's going to be just the right fit. LinkedIn is already an active community of professionals with 675 million members worldwide. LinkedIn jobs screens candidates with the hard and soft skills that you're looking for so that you can hire the right person faster. These are things like collaboration and creativity, adaptability, LinkedIn looks beyond just the hard skills and puts your job post in front of qualified candidates every day, so it's seen by people looking for jobs like yours. That's why companies rank LinkedIn Jobs the number one hiring platform for delivering quality hires. So awesome find the right person for your business with LinkedIn jobs. You can pay what you want and you're going to get the first $50 off. Just visit linkedin.com slash awesome. Again, that's linkedin.com slash awesome to get $50 off of your first job post. Terms and conditions do apply. Okay, friends, Listen, we all shop online a lot, and that is why this is the perfect time to make your online shopping even better with Honey. Honey is the free online shopping tool that saves you money online. I love Honey so much. I love that it automatically finds the best promo codes and applies them to your cart. It makes online shopping finally feel as easy as it's supposed to be. So imagine you're shopping from one of your favorite sites. It could be Target, could be Macy's, could be eBay, or even Etsy. When you check out, this little box drops down. All you have to do is click apply coupons. You wait a few seconds for it to scan every promo code that is out there on the internet and watch the prices drop. Now, of course, with five kids, it always seems like somebody needs new clothes around here. Well, recently I was making a big order online at American Eagle. I was absolutely thrilled when Honey was able to find us over $20 made a huge difference in what our final total price was. And again, we didn't have to do a thing except like that little apply coupons button. And then Honey did the work for us. Honey has found it's over 18 million members, over $2 billion in savings. Users love Honey, and that's why it has over 100,000 five-star reviews on the Google Chrome store. So you guys, not using Honey is literally passing up free money. It is free to use. You can install it in just a few seconds. Plus, it is backed by PayPal, so you know it's good. You can get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash awesome. That's joinhoney.com slash awesome. I totally get it. And I really want to weave together what you are saying and what Rebecca said before I go in and share what my expectations versus reality has been. And that has to do with the specifics the physical toll of grief. One thing that I learned that a friend shared with me graciously and wonderfully shared with me when Kyle's dad passed away very unexpectedly, completely out of the blue in June of 2013, when our twins were four months old and I was in the depths of postpartum depression already. She shared with me that grief is exhausting because grief runs like a constant low hum vibration or frequency in the back of your mind, if you can imagine it that way, 
all the time when you're grieving. It doesn't go away. Now you can get up and get out of bed and take a shower and put on your clothes and go about your business. But you will find that at the end of the day, like Rebecca was saying, you feel completely zapped. It's because grief is an energy drain on your system. And I know I have experienced that so much since quarantine began, just this feeling of like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired. And this is coming from a person who our lives have not changed radically. Of course, the social interaction is hard for an extrovert. That's a given. But we don't eat out a lot anyway. We eat almost every single meal at home because first of all, it's expensive to take all of these people out to eat. (laughs) And also we have all of these people and it's not always fun to take them all out to eat. So we just do a story. Yeah, (laughs) we do a lot of our eating at home anyway. We don't do a lot of traveling. I mean, Daisy going on this New York City trip was going to be a huge, huge thing because we're not big travelers. Kyle works from home. I work from home. There was just a lot of things where like the daily rhythms didn't seem like they were getting altered that much. But there is truly so much that we have lost as a family. But also, and maybe this does go back to that personality thing of being NF type and feeling this connection to just like humanity in general. I have to really really portion out how much I read about what other people are experiencing and what they're losing, because I will just find myself bursting into tears over other people's stories. So when quarantine came down, I guess I can go ahead and talk about my expectations versus reality. When the quarantine first came down, I'm like you, Kelly, I just like went into productivity mode. Like, okay, I have to figure out how schooling is going to work. We have twins who absolutely cannot afford academically because they're in first grade. I don't want my first graders to completely miss, you know, the better part of a semester of school. We have got to figure this out. My older girls will be fine, but I really wanted to focus in on some stuff for the twins. So I was like, okay, let's make lists. Let's do the research. Let's do all this. And I really went into productivity mode, did not even cry, was not truly upset until I was listening to an episode of Reply All. And they were just taking listener calls. They do this sometimes where they open up the phone lines. It's a podcast that I've mentioned many times on the show. It's one of my very favorites. They'll open up their phone lines and just have people call in This particular call-in was like, what does life look like right now, where you are, wherever it is in the world? How is the quarantine affecting you? And one gentleman had called in and left a voicemail talking about how he and his husband had been fostering this child since he was born. And he was maybe a toddler, two or three. They had finally, finally, finally set a court date for this child's parents to terminate their parental rights. And he and his husband, the caller and his husband, were going to finally get to adopt this baby. And it's supposed to take place in May. And he's like breaking down on the phone. So I was standing in my kitchen just crying. It wasn't even about my life, but that was the story I needed to hear to give myself permission to just cry it out a little bit. And I was just standing there sobbing like, I don't even know these people. But it made it so real, the collective loss that we're feeling. So my expectations at the beginning were like, okay, we got a house that we can declutter. We got schooling that we can do. We got this and that. The girls have their musical instruments at home. This is a great time for them to get ahead on, you know, like all this stuff. And then a few weeks in, I'm kind of where you are, Rebecca, in terms of both, you know, I'm physically tired, but also I am emotionally exhausted from just what I'm really realizing is just the grief of what we find ourselves in right now. Yes, it's like carrying a heavy blanket with us all the time. Yeah, it really is. And so, you know, we didn't want the show to be like a total bummer. But what we wanted to do was just like process with each of you to let you know, maybe you are in productive mode right now and you're feeling great and you're like taking online classes and bettering yourself. And if you are, holy Moses, do not let us try to be Debbie Downer to you because we want you to know we see you and you are doing great. But what we are hearing more and more people really start to be open and honest about is the toll that it's taking and just kind of needing some space to process and be, listen, I got to be honest, I am struggling in this. My life, even if it doesn't look radically different, my life is not the same right now. So we just kind of wanted to open that space to talk about like, it's okay to give ourselves permission in this moment. Nobody needs to feel the burden of writing King Lear. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Thank goodness for that. Or even cleaning your shower. Or painting the room, especially right now. Maybe there is a time for that. 
I would guess that all of us are going back and forth a little bit between like, we do need breaks of mentally processing this. So maybe it is just making cookies with your kids or going on a walk and you're like, I'm just going to go do this and kind of shut it off a little bit. I'm going to watch Tiger King. But at the same time, we're trying to say here amongst our team that as we talked, we said, I think it's important for the awesomes to hear that we also are struggling and that we do want to make sure that we have space to grieve and to listen to ourselves. Your awesome of the week last week, Meg, when you talked about the 10 things to tell you episode about anxiety, the bonus episode that Laura did, I just listened to that today and it was so good speaking to this. I mean, it is about COVID, but really it's that idea of our bodies often know, you know, what's going on in our heart and our head before we're ready maybe even to acknowledge it. So just making sure that you guys as the awesome community know that this is an okay time to stop and say, this sucks. Because it kind of does. I mean, I recognize that we are probably going to have people in our community who are losing loved ones to this disease. But even without that, it's a hard thing. There's a lot of upending of our worlds. So we want to hold each other in that and say, it's okay to grieve. It's okay to say, this is hard. We're going to support each other because I think that the world never has needed a more awesome in its life. It, It needs people who are ready to acknowledge their grief and to deal with it. Because if we deal with it, then we're going to be more prepared to go out and to be those, you know, wise light bearers that our communities need right now to be able to hold the tension that we're not ignoring, that this is what's going on. But how can we love each other through this? How can we still be the awesomes that we want to be in the world? You know, I listened to also, this is a very short podcast, but if you haven't listened to a recent On Being episode that Krista Tippett did, it's less than 10 minutes. It's a couple weeks ago. And I'm almost positive that it's somebody asking a question at the beginning that it's Lily Percy, who is one of her longtime producers there on being. Lily is a frequent guest on our show at NPR. So I just know her story, recognized her voice where she's saying, you know, my whole growing up, she's the daughter of immigrants. So she's like our whole, like the reason that you exist in the world, like is your productivity. You have to earn the right. This is like, you need to go out and produce. And that's not just, a child of immigrant thing. That's an American thing. Like that's how we get it. And so how do we be okay with just being right now? And it raises up all these icky things that a lot of us would rather not think about and stuff. So it is, it's just one of those things that we have to be gentle. I highly recommend that little tiny episode because even Krista Tippett, for those of us who love and adore her, she's like, you guys, if you only know me on the podcast, I have to tell you that in my real life, I'm all kinds of crazy. You know, like even for me, it's hard (laughs) to just be you know, like I have the head wisdom, but now we're like, oh, I have to really, really, really live it. Mm-hmm. So it's good. Yes. I highly recommend that episode. You know, I think that that is the main thing that we wanted to do with this conversation with you guys today is really allow each of you to consider where you are grieving and where you are struggling. If you think about it, we've talked about grief a number of times on Sort of Awesome, even though, of course, you know, we're all about spreading the message of finding the awesome in the everyday. Grief is a big reality of life, even aside from the current circumstances that we're in. Rebecca shared really super honestly and openly about the griefs that she's experienced with miscarriage and with losses in her close circle of friends. We've talked about my postpartum depression and the grief that comes in there. You know, if you think about it this way, we talk also a lot about self-compassion. If you had a friend who was grieving a loss of a spouse, a child, a parent, we under no circumstances would be like, so when are you going to get back to doing things, <laughs> right? That would be such an inappropriate response. <laughs> so let's give ourselves the permission to turn that around in ourselves and acknowledge, okay, even for those of us who at this point have not lost a loved one to this disease and we are weathering the fallout, but not the direct grief of COVID-19 Let's acknowledge our grief so that we can practice self-compassion and give ourselves time. Now, it may be that in a couple of weeks, we look around as you do when you're grieving the loss of a person or the loss of a marriage, the loss of a job, that in your own timeline, in your own time frame, you come to the point where you're like, okay, now I have to move forward. You know, for some people, it's moving forward gently. For some people, it's getting right back into the swing of things. We may all get to that point in our own time frames where we're like, okay, I have dealt with my grief. I know I am grieving. I know I will be grieving. But now I got to figure out what this new normal is going to look like. We want to be there with you in that as well. 
But in this moment, we are going to be the voices in your ears saying, we're all grieving. You do not need to be productive at this moment. If being productive ministers to you and lifts your spirits, that's awesome. But if you're not (laughs) writing the next Great Gatsby, (laughs) or even like Kelly said, or even cleaning your shower, you guys, I've never been so behind on laundry in my life. And I like doing laundry. I'm that kind (laughs) of weirdo. I like doing laundry. I think the last time I did a load of laundry was like on Tuesday. I finally this morning had to run some clothes through. I saw someone in the hangout. Bless you. You are my soul sister. She said, I had to buy new underwear for my family because we had run out and it was all in the dirty clothes. And I can't even make myself do something as simple as doing the laundry. So I just bought new underwear. Like I get it. So yeah, we want to be here with you in this moment as we're all adjusting, adapting, recognizing the grief that we're experiencing. And we're going to be here with you each step of the way as we kind of sort of figure out a timeline for, okay, if, as Kelly said, we've got a long haul ahead of us, what does it look like going forward from here? So, And Meg, I'm glad to hear you say all that because I think ultimately our main message here is just trying to have grace for ourselves, being gentle with ourselves. And we're not at all trying to shame those that are being productive. Like you said, like if that is your coping mechanism, then go for it because there are people and I've heard from them, my own mother-in-law, she's getting bored. She doesn't have her kids at home. She doesn't have her grandkids to take care of. Her hours of working at home have been diminished. You know, she's actively trying to find things to do. There are some single people, some childless people who their reality is looking very different. You know, it all depends on how many people are in your home and what your responsibilities are and how those have all changed. We're not trying to put productivity, like we're not trying to shame it. And we're not trying to like lift up this idea of us not doing anything as like the ultimate goal right now. Like, oh, look at us. We're so in tune with our feelings. We haven't read a book. We're behind on laundry. We're doing this right. No. Oh my gosh. No. What we are trying to do. You know, we're each trying to just be gentle with ourselves. Like that's just the goal. So if you are organizing your closet, color coding your underwear, whatever it is that you're doing, but then at night, like you're like sobbing in your bed or having trouble falling asleep, like we hear you in that too. We all are carrying this blanket of grief, this heaviness, the sadness. And our ultimate goal here as a team is to say that we are walking with you and see you in that, however it is that you are coping. Right. And I think that women especially need to hear this message because as you said before, Rebecca, I don't know, our culture, I think, puts a lot of pressure on women. We put a lot of pressure on ourselves to be the best of all the roles that we have. And so I think in many good ways and in ways that are cultural pressures, we're like, okay, I've got to be the best mom. I've got to be the best teacher. I've got to be, you know, the best at my job. I've got to take care of my parents now because, you know, they can't go, they shouldn't be leaving the store. Like we're putting all these pressures on ourselves and that's not something that's necessary. So just recognizing that there's going to be a lot of things that change. And so we just need to be sure that we can do this together. Absolutely. And I'm so glad you said that a lot of things can change. Like I was talking to my neighbor from a socially safe distance in the driveway the other night. And she has two kids and her oldest is a senior. And so he's like grieving all these losses of all the senior stuff. And she said, I just told him we can only focus on the day we have. We can only just live in the present because if we try to start projecting, what if this, can I do that? That's useless because things change so rapidly. So you may be feeling great right now, but you know, down the road, you're not feeling great or you're not feeling great right now. But then like in a couple of weeks, you're like, okay, all right, I'm going to snap too. permission to just be where you are in the moment. If we haven't said that enough, we're just taking you by the hands and looking you in the eyes and saying from your friends here at Sorta Awesome, you have permission to just be where you are in this moment. So speaking of being where you are, we are on social media talking about these things and other things that are going on in life. Rebecca, as always, you are always showing up so fantastically in stories on your Instagram account. So remind people where you can find you there and all around the web. Well, thank you, Meg. I do love Instagram stories. It is one of my favorite things continuing to bring me joy. And you can find me there at Simply Rebecca. All right. And also at simplyrebecca.com, your blog is another place you can find you. Come find me there too. (laughs) I'm everywhere at Simply Rebecca. 
And you can do that from a safe social distance. Absolutely. Yes. 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 How about you, Kelly? Where can we find you all around the web? You can't. I like one of my ways that I am coping is I have like disappeared, except for on Twitter because I use that for my job. So if you guys really want to find me, come over on Twitter and look for at Kelly Gordon MN for Minnesota. I'm trying to get back into Instagram to find the energy for that. But that really truly was some of you have messaged me and been like, are you okay? Where are you? I would say there was a good like three weeks where I just posted nothing. But theoretically on Instagram, I'm at Kelly Gordon MN as well. Okay. And we're all in the hangout group. Of course, you guys just like sort of depending on what life has served up for us that day, we may be in there a lot or we may not be there as much, but we're all definitely in the hangout group. If you want to find me on social media, you can find me at Sorta Awesome Meg. The show is on Twitter also at Sorta Awesome Pod. You can find us anytime on Facebook at facebook.com slash Sorta Awesome. You guys, thanks so much for listening and we'll see y'all next time. Sorta Awesome was created and is hosted by me, Meg Teets. Sarah Robertson is our assistant producer and production collaboration comes from Kelly Gordon and Rebecca Hoffer. Kelly Gordon is our digital media producer and we are so thankful for the ongoing support from our listener supporters. Music is provided by the band Prager. You can find more of Prager's music at pragermusic.com. To find show notes on this and every episode of Sorta Awesome, and also to spread the Sorta Awesome love to all of your friends, you can head on over to SortaAwesomeShow.com. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.